uh, I'll get to you in a second, um, in our uh, uh, Exodus 3 um, talk. And uh, have you ever been amazed by something? Um, Daryl has a trick that he can do, which is why I need him to be up here, because I can't. Um, I can't do it. He is able to detach one of his fingers um, from his hand. Uh, so could you show them how you do this? So off script. We, we, we <laughs> didn't totally, one. yes. Yeah. Okay. Everybody ready? Oh, my gosh. That's enough. Okay. Woo. All right. Let's give a hand for Daryl Smith. There Wow, right? Anybody ever been freaked out by that trick? Some of you don't want to admit it. I mean, not recently. I've seen people freaked out by that when Daryl's done it. Some kids. Um, you ever, uh, ever had your nose taken? And you're like, I give it back! Type deal. Remember these things when you're younger and you just have this sense of wonderment at the world? You have this ability to see things through, rightly so, a child's eyes. And, and you're like, wow, how did that happen? But then somewhere along the road, you discovered that Daryl's finger really stayed attached and it was an illusion. And it's not that big of a deal. Somewhere along the lines, you realized that it was the thumb in between the fingers and not your nose. Remember the first time you saw a plane in the air? How amazing it was. And then maybe you've been on three flights, four flights, five, ten, twenty, and it just becomes a bus that goes faster. And you lose the wonderment and the amazement of the fact that something so large can fly. Uh, there, there's many things like this in our lives when, that we're, we're so amazed by, and it's just like this awesome thing. But then you grow up, and you learn, and you lose. In Exodus chapter 3, um, there is uh, th- this fantastic... First of all, the entire chapter is what David chose for us today, and there's... Y'all know my speed of things, Matthew, two and a half years. I could take multiple Sundays on chapter three, um, but he's not allowing for that. And hence, it's, he is the boss. Um, we're going to Exodus chapter three, verse one is where we are. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he went deep into the wilderness near Sinai, the mountain of God. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared to him as a blazing fire in a bush. Moses was amazed because the bush was engulfed in flames, but it didn't burn up. Amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go over to see this. When the Lord saw that he had caught Moses' attention, God called to him from the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, God told him. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he hid his face in his hands because he was afraid to look at God. Moses' first real encounter with God is through a bush. This burning bush that as he's walking in the desert, he sees off to the side. It's burning, but it's not being consumed. 
And, and rightly so, he's like, well, that, I, I need a closer look. And he walks over, and then God goes, hey, here's what's happening. And Moses goes, hides his face for fear of seeing God. The amazement, the wonderment. He was in that moment in awe. Later on, as Moses grows into his identity as as to who God is shaping him him into, this last song we sang, what what does Moses say to God? Show me your glory. I'm not afraid. This wonderment just grows so great that he's got to be in the presence and the awe of God. How many of us want to know how the bush was doing that? How many of us want to see the Discovery Channel or something like that do, well, here's the scientific explanation behind the bush not burning. The Great Flood. We have a great scientific explanation for the Great Flood. I don't know why the Discovery Channel sounds like that all of a sudden. <laughs> but how many of us sometimes we want some intellectual understanding of what's happening? We see um, a, a plane in the air and then we go into this physics and, and the different laws that I can't, it just escaped my mind what it's called. But the reason why a plane can do what a plane does. We want an understanding of the things that blow our mind because when stuff blows our mind, we get a little nervous. When we sit in something that is just uncomprehendable to us, it kind of makes us scared. Even at church, a lot of times what we want is for the pastor to give us three points about this scripture that I can understand it and go. We hate when the pastor leaves something. I'm going to let you sit here in this uncomfortableness. Deal with that. That always gets people going, oh. You ask a question, but you don't give an answer because that's not what a rabbi would do anyway. How many of us have lost this childlike sense about God? That we want to understand God so much that we put him into a book or or some points or something that's understandable to us, even though it can come nowhere near encompassing who God is. When was the last time you were truly in wonderment of God? So on uh, about a year ago, you, um, you might remember that I was selected to be an honorary commander for the 433rd Airlift Wing out of the Joint Forces Base um, down south. They're an Air Force Reserve uh, Wing. They fly C-5s. Um, if you don't know what a C-5 is, this is what it looks like. It's very dark. Oh, wait, no. How about... It's... It's top secret. I could show it to you, but, but I'd have to kill you. And, you know, so you might want to come to Jesus really quick. Uh, so, so C-5s are really big planes. Um, if you've ever um, seen these planes flying around San Antonio that look like they're going five miles an hour, 
that are these ginormous things that are just move, you're like it's in slow motion um that's a c5 uh, as one of the pilots told me um they he goes we don't do anything fast in the c5 everything we do is slow um and they like to you know they share a base they're right next to the texas air national guard who have f-16s they call them the little birds um there's a little bit of competition, I'm sure, between the pilots. Uh, but, yeah, the, the C-5 pilots are like, oh, there's the little birds over there, um, you know, that we could just run over. Uh, but there are these huge transport planes that um, inside the belly of it, you can fit um, just anything. You could play football inside of this thing. It, it can carry um, tons of men. Um, and women, tons of troops that they sit down, they have an upstairs area where they can fit 75 at the back of the plane and then the front of the, uh, of the plane where there's 20 um, can sit up there. And then in the belly, they can sit hundreds of people um, crisscross applesauce is how I, they're like, uh, you know, cross I went criss, oh, there it is. Oh, that, oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Um, so yeah, look at the, per- look at the people standing near them. It's big is what I'm saying. When you climb into it, it is like straight up for a long way. And and they, um, it's very funny during our briefing before the flight, they're like, by the way, there's no losing man points in how you ascend and descend the stairs. You know, do it however is safest for you. No one's going to laugh at you if you have to turn around or whatever. It's kind of there because it's rickety. I, I mean, they're, they're like, you get on these stairs and they're shaking and you're like, oh, this is going to be really safe climbing all these stories up to the top. Um, I, I will say, as a side note, these planes are from like the 1960s and they look it on the inside. I mean, I, I didn't take pictures as to not offend um, the pilots on the inside of the plane, but there's like tape holding stuff together. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, this is awesome and scary. So, so we go up and we're flying. This is Friday. I, I, I board the plane um, and, and we go off. We're flying. We go over the Red River. Um, just this beautiful uh, scenery that we get to see. And it's amazing. And then, and then we see this. Um, next picture. That one's fine. There you go. Um, there, that's not our plane. Uh, that's another plane. I'm sitting in the cockpit uh, right behind um, the pilot at the time uh, this, I took this picture. And we're getting awfully close uh, to this guy. And then go back there, John. Um, yeah, and now we're getting closer. Um, and, and you can see what's happening uh, is we're not trying to sneak up on somebody at 22,000 feet going 300 knots. We're apparently out of fuel. Um, and, you know, there's not a gas station anywhere in the panhandle of Texas that you can fill up. So we're just going to do it in mid-air. Um, this was an air refueling uh, training mission uh, that we were on. And so these guys in this other plane who came down from Indiana um, to meet us uh, at Amarillo is where they met us. We hook up and we fly out to Pueblo, Colorado, um, and uh, connected and deconnected and connected and deconnected and all kinds of stuff. So at one point in, um, in this, uh, the pilot who, uh, one of the pilots is sitting there. He goes, hey, look, there's a C-17 refueling on some other bird-type plane. And I look up just in time to see crossing above us, two planes connected, doing the exact same thing we're doing. I'm like, wow, that's so scary and cool. Um, Do they know we're down here? Uh, You know, type thing. And um, in the the little window, there's a window uh, right there on the back of that plane. 
there's a guy, he's the boom operator that sits there and you get so close to this plane that you can read his lips. You can stop using the radio and he can go, Hey, you're too far. Um, type deal. They fly by lights underneath. There's a yellow stripe right there that you see. And they're just these brilliant, um, pilots that do this stuff on both sides of the plane. Uh, just this amazing thing that's happening. And so I, I'm sitting here behind the pilot and I'm taking pictures with my iPhone and I'm doing little video stuff and I'm, I have a headset on. Uh, and so I'm listening to their conversation about stuff and, um, yeah, there it is. Uh, oh yeah. Top gun, baby. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I'm listening to their conversation and everything that's happening and, and I'm watching it occur through, through the little, this, I'm watching it occur right here. I'm going, wow, that's, that's amazing. And then I have this moment of realization, put the phone down and see where you are. See how incredibly cool this really is that these guys are, this one guy gets, uh, his name is Colonel Pat Brooks and he takes over. He was the third guy to sit down and and he pulls up and um, he, he's like inching up. He's like, oh, we're 50 feet away. We're 30, 20. He's catching it. He's like, all right, connect. It just makes this huge noise, by the way. Uh, and it, the first time I heard it, I might have wet myself a little bit. Um, I'm not meant for this kind of job, clearly. Uh, and connected. And, and he, they go into this 30-degree turn bank, you know, third in and he stays right with him. There's these lights on the underbelly of the tanker that tell you if you're too, you're too far up or down too far forward or aft. And, um, that's right. I know terms. And, uh, and the lights never changed for this guy. He was like right in the pocket the entire time. It was just amazing to see this. And then I look out and I see Raton pass, um, in New Mexico. And, and then I said, we're coming up on the Rocky mountains and you see this, I'm just like, who gets to do this? And the, and the colonels, the, the pilots are like, man, I could do this every day. This is the coolest thing in the world to do this. I love my job. And they just start doing it. And, and I, there was one of the other colonels who wasn't um, flying at the time was sitting in the seat where I currently am right there. I was on the floor. I turned back to him. I said, this looks so hard. Um, and he goes, this isn't hard. He goes, hard is when you're in the real world which is, by the way, what they call war. Um, and you're over an ocean, and it's night, and there's no moon. He said, that's hard. And right there, I had this new understanding of what these guys did. For me, it, it was cool. And I thought it was just like, wow, these guys are rocking. Um, but, but then when he tells me that, and I remember that there is a real world uh, that it just came over me, this, this wonderment. And, and then I get to see this happen over um, these mountains that are just gorgeous and beautiful. And I just had this sense of awe. It was as if Daryl was removing his thumb from his finger for the first time. And I saw it and went, oh. when Moses encounters God, he walks off the path and, and listen to what the, the words say there. The text says, God realized that he got his attention. It's as if to say um, that he'd been trying for a while. Moses had been out of Egypt for 20, 40 years, depending on what you read. 
It's been a while. He's been, um, he was a prince in the palace of Pharaoh. He's now a shepherd from the top to the bottom. And he's living his life and he's married and he's with his wife and his father-in-law Jethro and things are great. And he takes the sheep off and ah, wonderment. How often has God placed a burning bush before us, but we're so busy in our lives that we've missed it. He says when God finally, when he, when he realized that he finally got his attention, How many times had Moses walked by God's presence and God was going, Hey, Moses. But Moses had blinders on for whatever reason. How often has God tried to blow our minds? But because maybe we're a little scared of that, maybe because um, we were so busy in doing what we were doing, we missed it. We missed the wonderment. We were so busy recording our life with an iPhone to brag that we missed how amazing the moment was. Rabbi Hirsch, when he talks about this passage um, of Exodus, says something to to that effect. How often are we so concentrated on trying to understand what is occurring that we miss the beauty of where we are? How often do we get caught up in our own lives that, that we forget to allow God to blow us away? Have you had a burning bush experience? Have you had, have you had a sense of wonderment lately? A sense of awe? The sense that God is so amazing and glorious. Have you cried out to God and said, show me your glory? And he does. If you haven't in a while, go back to being a child again. Go back to to seeing things for the first time. Live in amazement. Live in wonderment. Because if you see what God does in this world, that's where we should be living anyway. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the ways that you amaze us. From the creation of the world the birth of a baby. You are truly amazing, God. God, help us to help us to remember that sense of wonderment that we used to have. Help us to grab hold once again of an understanding of you that is glorious. God, we thank you And praise you for the things that you do in this world. Don't stop. Keep moving. Keep bringing the kingdom of heaven now on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. We thank you and praise you for that in Jesus' name.
Amen.